0: Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I want to speak to you from, from what I feel the Spirit of God is impressing on my heart. So this is a message from the throne room. Amen? Amen. So you're at the right time, at the right place, in the right building, with the right neighbor sitting next to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we live in a world that is designed, or we are living in a world that is shaped by the dreams of people. We are, we're living in this place. You're sitting in, a, in, a, in an auditorium that was a dream. You're sitting in a place that we can see it was a dream once in my heart. Now it's a reality. You were in an arena two weeks ago, a dream, but became, becoming a reality. Everything in life is a, someone's dream that became a reality. You know, we, uh, the, the Wright brothers that's, that uh, invented the law of, not invented, but discovered the law of aviation. The Wright brothers, um, these two men, were pastor's kids. Their dad were preaching and the the dad was saying, he says, "Um, if God wanted you to fly, he'll give you wings. And they said, well, let's design something that we can fly. And they got the law of aviation on the go and discovered the first airplane. Today we get on airplanes like it's getting in cars. We can fly to Cape Town in two hours and be back sleeping in your bed the same night. You can, many years ago, you have to drive. Uh, down there, it's, more, it's safer to fly than to drive. You know, it's cheaper to fly than to drive. And so we see just life has changed so much. You can get on an airplane and fly to America, and 15 hours from now you're there. Uh, 11 hours to London. Wherever you want to fly in the world, because of two brothers, pastor's kids, that just changed the world. Then we have Alexander Bell. Thank God for him. That changed the way of communication. And um, he designed the telephone, as we know. And Alexander Graham Bell, wonderful man, um, inventor. You know what I read about inventors? They were all born-again Christians. Very interesting. Um, innovators are, are, are dreamers. But he dreamed dreamt, had a dream that they can communicate. And so he designed the telephone. Now, in my age, where I am, some of you are a bit younger and older, But where I am, I grew up with a telephone that was plugged into the wall and had a short cord. You can only only phone from there. That's it. All right. And then somebody invented an extension cord. Then we could move at least from the study to the kitchen. And you can walk a little bit. You had a bit of freedom. And then you had, then somebody designed the car phone, a portable phone. That you had this big pack around you, and you walk around with that in the malls, in the cars with this big pack, like a nappy bag next to you, but you had your cell phone with you. How many of you remember those days? Come on, let me just see, and then uh, there was another time when it became the Motorola, the first big telephone cell phone, massive thing. We walked around with that. It was massive if you had a cell phone, you know, and today we see the invention of cell phones and We see that things are happening, things have progressed because of one man that had a dream of changing communication. You know, and I thank God for that. Steve Jobs, one of the great inventors of the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple series, great man. This man here started just developing innovative products. If it wasn't for Apple, I don't know where this nation would have the world would have been. Amen. All the Apple users, can I have an Amen or something? I, I always say this. They say, Samsung is better. Well, who's the owner of Samsung? Huh? See, you can't even answer me. Even if you, if you use the Samsung, you still know Steve Jobs, right? So Steve Jobs, great man, great inventor. They say this. What is the difference between the cell phone and people? They say that cell phones get thinner and smarter. People... Are different. We see that Bill Gates, innovator of of great things in the technology arena, Microsoft. Nelson Mandela, our former president two, three presidents ago, great man of God. Fight. He fought for freedom, for liberty. Great man of God. People that changed the world. People that had a dream. People that says, I'm going to go against all odds and make something out of my life. And these men change the whole world, change industries, change communication, change travel, change freedom, change your life. And we thank God for these great men and of, of innovative, that have innovative ideas and dreamers that change the world. I heard about this story about a man who worked late one night. And he decided to get quickly to the house. He needs to cut across the cemetery. So as he cut across the cemetery, he fell into an open grave. And he fell in the grave. Stuck in the night, pitch black, nobody around him. And he's shouting, Can somebody help me? Somebody help me. Six feet deep, can't get out, pulled some grass, you know, roots just to get out, couldn't get out. Eventually he gave up and he just sat down in this. Grave and waited for the next day for somebody to help him. Later the night, a drunk man came, and he fell also in the grave. (laughs) And he's doing the same thing, trying to get up, help, 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 taking some grass roots, trying to pull out, eventually just sat down, and he heard another voice said to him, it's no good, just stay here, somebody will help you. And that man got out, the drunk man got out. If you have enough motivation, if you have enough energy, you'll get out of any situation. Amen? You'll get out of any pit if you're properly properly motivated. Dreams are the language of God. Dreams are the things God speaks to us. When God wants to change a nation, When he wants to change people, when he wants to change your family, when he wants to change your community, he will use a dream. And you'll put a dream inside of your heart. You'll put a dream in your heart, in your mind, and you will start living this dream. That dream is not for you to live only, it's for people to benefit from that. Dreams are made for your families. If you are only dreaming to solve your own needs, that's not a dream. That's a thought. Dreams are there to establish legacy, to establish your family in things that you want to achieve in your life. And so God gives people dreams and, ev- and visions for their lives. I want to say this on Sonship quickly, and Nikki mentioned that, and I, and I didn't prepare to say this, but it was the whole time this morning ringing in my ears about the spiritual son of, of Lou Ingalls. Is that right? How I said it right? Lou Ingalls. One of the greatest... Uh, uh, founders of the of the Saint, the movement called the Saint, and his spiritual son said this to Nikki. Nikki asked him about sonship and fatherhood, and he says this: What is the, he asked him? What is the greatest principle that you've learned? And he said this: From my spiritual father, I've learned this: Joel chapter two, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your and your young men shall see visions. Right? And he said this: This is what he said. He says, your spiritual father's dreams becomes my vision. God speaks to us in dreams and in visions. My spiritual father's dreams is my vision. I fulfill the vision. Walk in the visions of God. It's a God-given projection of your life. A dream is a projection. It is a movie. It's a thought of God for your life. And with a dream, there always comes hell's nightmares. It's always a nightmare before the dream becomes a reality. And you must learn to endure nightmares. Otherwise, you'll never see the dream. And people give up on their dreams when the nightmare is there before they see the reality of that. The dream is your destiny. Say this with me My dream, my dream. is my destiny. my destiny. Shout it again. Say, My dream, my dream. is my destiny. Is my destiny. Now, the, the, the nightmare is the pathway to your dream. Think about that. Let's look at the life of Job. He had a massive nightmare that came to him. He lost everything. Everything. Satan appeared to, to God and he said to him, um, you know, can I take his life? And God says, you cannot take his life. You can take anything else, but don't take his life. Because he's God-fearing and all of, hell, all, all of a sudden, all hell broke loose in Job's life and he lost everything. Children, houses, businesses, finances. His wife turned to him and said, curse God. Let's leave this God thing. And he says, I will not turn my back on God. I've got a dream. God promised me that I will make it. And God restored unto me in six months double than what he had. God, God is the restorer of dreams. And what I'm preaching to you this morning is that God is going to restore dreams in this house. Amen. God is going to give you hope again in this place. Amen. Say, say this with me, I'm going, to dream again. I'm going to dream again. Joseph was in the pit, sold out by his brothers, betrayed by his brothers. I want to give you three things on the pit quickly. I was just thinking between the services, I want to share this with you. I want you to write the following down on the pit. Think about Joseph thrown into the pit, betrayed by his friends and his family, and all of a sudden he became. A very dark night for him. The nightmare, the nightmare came Excuse me, upon his life. He had a dream that the sun and the moon and the stars will bow down before him. That he will become the prince of Egypt. And he found himself in a pit. And the first thing you must understand about a pit is the position of the pit. The position of the pit is simply this. You must ask this question when you are in a pit. What brought me here? Maybe it's wrong decisions. Maybe it's wrong influences. Maybe wrong friends. Maybe wrong things. That brought you to that place. Joseph Joseph could have easily turned around and said, it's not my fault. But he had an introspection. He started checking himself out. Because when we go through things, we normally blame others. My parents did this. My family did this. My friends did this. And we blame others when we are in, in a nightmare. You're 48 years old. You're 58 years old. You're 68 years old. And you still blame your parents. Get a life. Get on with your life. And get out of that pit, man. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming situations. Stop denying the things. Take responsibility of your life. The second thing about the pit is you need to have a perspective of the pit. Not only the position of the pit matters, but the perspective of the pit. The perspective of the pit is this. When you are in a pit, the first person that will come and join you in that pit is called the accuser of the brethren. And he will tell you, he will accuse you. He will condemn you. He will blame you. He will try to condemn you. You see, you did this, you did that. That's why you are here. I want you to hear me today and never forget what I tell you. God never condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts, but doesn't condemn. The devil condemns us. Satan will fabricate lies to be- for you to believe that the pit is your future. Just like they fabricated a lie about Joseph, and they told his father, "Here is the coat, full of blood. Your son has has been killed, been devoured by animals," and Jacob believed a lie for 22 years. How would you like to believe a lie for 22 years? Some of you are 48, like I said, 58, 68, 78, and still believing a lie. And we. He was nearly dead, laying on his bed. His, the sons walked in and they said, Dad, we just want to tell you Joseph is still alive. And the Bible said the following. It says that Jacob, his spirit was revived. And the next moment the Bible says, And Israel stood up. He had a name change right there. And he lived another couple of years. And, they, and he said, How do I know my son is alive? And, and, and they said to him, Behold, the wagons are coming. That's where they get the word BMW from. Behold, my wagon is coming. Amen. I want to tell you, your wagons are coming full of gold, full of the anointing, full of the power of God. Whatever your dream was, it's not done. It's not over. Get resurrection again of your life and of your dream this morning. Calvary was the pathway, was the nightmare of Jesus Christ, but out of that was birthed the church. What is the purpose of a dream? The purpose of a dream is to give you a sense of destiny. It's to give you the inspiration of the future God has in store for you. Now, what is the purpose of a nightmare? The purpose of a nightmare is to self-discover. It's a self-discovery situation. When you are in this nightmare, you start discovering yourself. You discover things about you that you never thought was in you. You know, this is beautiful about gold. Our nation of South Africa deals with gold. We know about this. In the mines, they get the gold out. Gold doesn't come out in brick forms that, that you see. It comes out with rocks, and they get excavators and bulldozers, and they bring it out of deep down the earth. Bring it out. They put it in a fire, and then the impurities get up out of, that, out of that gold, out of that rock. So the, 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 they heat up that furnace, and this furnace then melts the rock, and then the, uh, the, the gold remains. To get pure gold, you have to heat up the furnace. And then all the impurities starts rising to the top. Then they take a scraper, and they just scrape it off. And pure gold remains. Some of you said, God, use me. I want to be a great man of God. I want to be a great businessman, a great businesswoman. I want to change the world. I want to fund the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a furnace. Nightmare. That's the right place. You asked for that. All God is doing is letting the impurities come up. And all of a sudden, you see, this is a problem. I said, God, make me holy, and all of a sudden I watch more TV. Lost my anger, my temper, I got angry. Stuff like that. What is that? It's all the impurities coming to the top. Now I see them. And now it takes the Word of God, the anointing of God, just to scrape it off so that we can be pure vessels of the kingdom of the living God. Amen? So the purpose of a nightmare really is to self-discover. Secondly, is to discover God. You find more, you find out more about God in your dark times than in the days that, that it goes well. And actually, God dwells in the dark places. Your dark times that's where God is. First Kings chapter eight, verse number 12. It says this: "Then Solomon spoke, "The Lord said He will dwell in the dark cloud." God, where are you, right there? God, I don't understand. I'm there. Why are you silent? I'm there. Why don't you say anything? I'm there. Hmm? Tonight, tonight, you can't miss tonight's message. I'm going to hit this thing hard tonight. Because I believe God is speaking to the church today. He's getting the impurities up. Check yourself. Check your attitude. Check what's happening here. Get it out. Deal with it. Scrape it off. Take responsibility. And in the dark times, we discovered the living God. And thirdly, the reason for the nightmare is to shut the devil's mouth. Because out of the pit came the palace. Everybody thought Joseph is done. The nightmare is there, but he came up. And he became the prince. Everybody thought Jesus is dead for three days. Even hell thought it. Laying there, buried Jesus Christ, the one that said, I will, I will rise again. I'm going to take the people with me. Satan phoned hell Friday night. Is he still there? Yeah, he's sleeping. He's dead. Don't worry. Saturday morning, is he there? Yeah, he's still there. Satan, Relax. Carry on with your function. Celebrate the death of Jesus. Saturday night, are you still sure uh, he's here, Satan? Relax. I've got him. Grave has a hold of him. Sunday morning, grave, is Jesus still there? Grave says, I told. Wait a minute. I see a movement under the blankets there. I see something happening right there. I see... I see the fingers moving and the toes moving and stuff. is there's, a, there's breath upon him. Satan, he's alive. People might have given up on you and thought you're never going to make it and you're never going to establish it. But on this Sunday morning, on the 1st of September, I tell you there's a new season coming for you. I see life again. I see hope again. I see resurrection in your business. Come on, I see resurrection in your life this morning. If you believe it, you've got a good praise here this morning. Hallelujah. Because mm. when the nightmare is over, we silence the voices of Satan. What is the purpose of the pit? We have the position of the pit, we have the perspective of, of the pit. But what is the purpose of the pit? It's to cry out to God. To be there with God. Now I want you to understand today that your failure isn't. Because you, are, because you fail doesn't mean you are a failure. That's just something that happened in your life. Don't let the nightmare steal your dream. Your children may not serve the Lord now. But they're going to serve the Lord. When I was in my pit with the children... I preach here and I preach you need to fight for your family. You need to get your victory. You need to get your breakthrough. You need to get your deliverance. Your God is going to touch your children while my children are not serving God. The nightmare was on. But today the dream is there. Nikki serves the Lord. Full-time ministry, preaching the gospel, influential young man. Michael started working now in the church. He's a, a great asset to the church in his ministry, in his school. You just keep on believing the dream. Amen. And now we've silenced the mouth of the enemy. Amen. The dream is now in existence. Amen. Whatever your nightmare is, there's a purpose for your nightmare. <laughs> I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens on that. But there's a purpose for your nightmare. There's a purpose for that thing happening in your life, because the dream is coming to a reality. Hallelujah! God has a dream for you, family. You just need to be careful for some dream killers in your life. I want you to write this down. Don't let others' opinions become your reality. Don't let others... Other people's opinions become your reality. Ten people, ten spies. Their opinions determined that three million people stayed in the wilderness. The opinions of friends and families mustn't stop you to walk around in your wilderness and in or wilderness and not get it there. You must believe the dreams that God has placed in you because a dream is the language of God. Amen. That's how He communicates with us. That's how He speaks to us. He speaks through dreams and visions to us. And that's how we need to understand what is the dream of my life? What is the vision of my life? What is God saying to me? And you keep on pursuing that. So I'll give you, I'll give you three or four things on, on what a dream does in your life. But I want you to, to understand, don't let others' opinions become your reality. Ten spies, ten, negative people, caused three million people not to entry. Saul's opinion of Goliath nearly destroyed David. Paul's, Saul's opinion was, I think you need a helmet, you need my armor, you need this whole thing. And David's opinion, or Saul's opinion, didn't influence David's reality. He says, my reality is that my God is bigger than any problem. I can face giants. God helped me with a lion. He helped me with a bear. Who's this thing? Who's this uncircumcised Philistine standing in front of me? And so the reality of God must become so real to you. It doesn't matter what people say, you're going to make it. People told me you can never gonna make it in ministry. People told me this church will never be built. People told me we will never carry the movement. People told me so many things. You'll never be on television. You're never gonna make it. But the reality is, I didn't listen to the opinions. I believe what God is saying believe what God is saying about me and about the church and about your life and because we believe that that's why you will be a success you're going to make it, you are not going to give up, come on there's a better future waiting for you, there's a better come on, income waiting for you everything is about to change in your life mm. you know what dreams does it affects your talking man Affects your thinking. Affects your planning. Everything about your life gets affected when you are a dreamer. Look at Genesis chapter 37 quickly. Genesis chapter 37 verse number 5. The life of of, um, Joseph. Now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. Sometimes we have to be careful who we speak our dreams to. We understand that. But if if your reality, your dream is so powerful, then nobody will, will, will take it away from you. Nobody. Your dream and my dream is not the same. We all have different dreams and different things happening in our lives. But God is speaking that way to us. Now look at verse number 19. Of the same chapter. It says here. And they said to each other. Look the dreamer is coming. What are they saying about you? Hmm? Oh, There's the negative one again. There's the miserable one again. There's the poor one again. There's the drunk again. There's the one that cussed the whole day. Is that your testimony? Or do you want to have a testimony and say the dreamer is coming? That guy dreams. He's going to make it. I don't know how, but he's going to make it. I may not have faith in him, but God has faith in him. And I'm going to stand with him. Amen? And so that we start believing. And the dreamer comes. Uh, old Joseph, very powerful man. Joseph is the type and shadow of Jesus. Joseph was, was thrown in the pit. Jesus was thrown in the pit called hell. She Joseph was sold for for 20 pieces of silver, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. They took Joseph's robe, they took Jesus' robe. Had gambling on that. It. It's a type in a shadow the whole time, coming out of prison into the palace, sitting at the right hand of the, of the king. And we can go through the whole story. But Joseph had this thing in him that he was a dreamer. At the age of 17, he got that. His parents and family and brothers got all upset with him because he's dreaming. And then he says, I'm just going to have another one. I, I, I dream that the sheaves are bowing them. And they're like, who are you, man? And then he goes, God, give me another one. And God gave him another one. He says, as a matter of fact, i got another one. This time, the sun and the moon and all the stars and you, Father, and you, brother, are going to bow down to me. You see, might have killed my first dream, but I'm coming back with a bigger dream, with a greater dream, with a greater anointing, with a greater power in my heart. Hallelujah. Yeah, the first business didn't work, but the second one might work. Amen. The first person didn't get out of the wheelchair, but the, but the tenth one got out of the wheelchair. You didn't sign that deal now, but you're going to get another deal. Come on. Hey, it's going to work. Work, it will
1: work.
0: Mm. Dreams desire dreams motivates us, changes us. So write down five things quick. I wanna y I want to speak to you about the the word dream and just break it down for you the letter D stands for distinguished when you have a dream you become distinguished you change you don't become common you're not like the rest of the family you know why people stand out of family because they have a dream I'm not going to be like this. I'm not going to be like my father. I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to be like my sisters. I'm going to have a dream that I'm going to make it in life. Those who do not have dreams, they become common. They do the same thing. They like everyone. Hmm? No difference. Smell like them, talk like them, same income like them, same whatever. Whatever. But then there are those, the remnant. It says, my dream is bigger than this reality. I know nobody in my family has a business, but I'm gonna make this thing. I know, I know that in my family, all these people are a bunch of messed up people, but I'm not gonna be a, a, one of those messed up people. They may all be on drugs and full of alcohol and full of whatever. I'm not gonna be one of them. I'm gonna be distinguished in my life. Yeah. Because the anointing of God makes you distinguish, changes you. Joseph became very distinguished, the Bible says. And so you must understand that your dream makes you, changes you into a person that is distinguished. They're going to walk around and say, I want to be like you. How did you do this? They'll go like to, when David killed Goliath, the first question they asked him was this, who's your father? Who's your dad? They didn't ask, how did you kill Goliath? What type of slingshot do you have? What type of stone? He says, who's your father? Who's your spiritual father? What's happening here? Because David could have been like his brothers. All seven of them. Samuel walked in. The spiritual father walked into Sam, into David's life, and he said to to Jesse, he says, "Where's your sons?" He says, "These are all my seven sons." He takes a horn of oil and he th- and he pours it, and the oil doesn't come out. So it goes to one, two, three.
1: Yes.
0: yes. This is it all your sons? Yes. Now There's another guy. He smells like sheep. He sings songs like "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." Crazy, a little bit. Samuel says, "Bring that guy here." When David walked in and took the horn of oil, The oil starts pouring down because God has chosen you to dream. God has chosen you to make a difference in your family, in this community, in this nation. Shut! I'm a dreamer. Old Joseph could have been the same man. Same. All his brothers were working. All his brothers were working in the field. And all Joseph had was a coat of many colors that distinguished him from all other brothers. What's on you? What are you wearing? Hmm? I'm wearing greatness. I'm wearing the power of God. If you want to walk with me, you better run with me because we're not tolerant. We're not around here. We're walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, walking in the anointing of God. I'm walking in the resurrection glory of God. Come on, I'm walking with millionaires and billionaires. I'm walking with future kings and future queens. Joseph arounded himself with these people. Yes, he did end up in the pit. But the day when he became the the prince, I love this. Look at this. Sorry, I'm on my own mission here. When he became the prince of Egypt, the first thing he says is go and tell my father I'm alive and bring Benjamin. Because Benjamin was the beloved, the prized possession. He says, I I, I want Benjamin. So they told Jacob, listen, uh, well, the prince wants um, Benjamin. He says, I'm not giving Benjamin. I've already lost Joseph. I'm not giving another one. Eventually, when he released Benjamin, the harvest came. Just fast forward a little bit here. All the brothers came. Joseph's there. The Bible says the whole world was coming to Egypt to get food. Joseph stood over the crowd and he looked at his brothers, and he said, "And he saw, oh, there's the guys, the guys that sold me out, the guys that betrayed me, the guys that spoke bad about me, that let my dad live in sorrow for 22 years, put blood upon my coat of many colours, threw me in a pit to die. I was sold naked." In the public square of the city. In change. Put in prison for years. Those dudes. That's how a lot of us would think. But because God dealt with his heart. He says.
1: These are my brothers.
0: I don't care what you've done. I don't care about that. And he said to his soldiers go and get my brothers and they come there. they didn't know it's Joseph and they, the prince is watching for us. he's going to kill us now and he took off his veil he says I'm your brother and he told the kings and the priests and he says give them back all the land all the cattle everything they've lost give it to them and he says Benjamin come here I'm going to give you five times more than anybody else I believe there's a Benjamin generation coming. Come on, that's gonna have five times more than anybody else. Do you believe it? Come on, where's the Benjamin generation this morning? So Joseph became distinguished. Say distinguished. Now you must say it like a proper distinguished person. Say, I am distinguished. The R, you can just take your seats. I'm nearly done. The R is to release potential. What does a dream do? It distinguishes me. It releases potential in me that I thought I'll never have. Never. <coughs> Son, who, what? I don't know who's there. Come here. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Three. You are the youngest, oldest, the middle one. I believe a Benjamin anointing is coming. Up. Yeah. Father, I release it upon him. In Jesus' name. Let him become the remnant in his family. In Jesus' name. Now, I release potential when I become a dreamer. Potential. I never thought I can design a building like this. I never thought I can do anything of this. But my dream phew, released potential. I never thought we'll stand on in Carnival City on a, on a, on a stage there, But the dream released potential. Pushed. Pushed the church. Potential out of me. The ease to encourage me. My dream encourages me. I may have messed up today, may have failed here, failed there. But tonight when I lay my my, my head on my pillow, I'm gonna be encouraged. Like David says, Don't encourage me, but I'm gonna encourage myself in the Lord. I don't know any one of you to encourage me. I can encourage myself in the Lord. He's my helper. I walk around the whole time and say, God, you are my helper. You are my my, 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 my source. You are my provider. You are my comforter. You are my upholder. You are my right hand. Come on, in you I will trust. In you I believe. In you, give me my mic. In you I believe. In you I will change my world. Come on. I am encouraging myself in the Lord. I wonder if you have one scripture in your life that you can just shout out now. Can you do that? Come on. That scripture that's upholding you, I want you to, sh- to shout it. Say The one that's holding you. Come on, what what scripture is holding you, upholding you in the time of need? What is that one thing that holds you? When all hell breaks loose, when the nightmare is running and, and the fire is around you. Listen, let me tell you something. There is the word of the Lord that encourages you my word is that every place your foot shall tread upon that land I will give unto you as I've been with the previous generals I'll be with you, be not afraid, do not be ashamed stand strong and see the hand of the Lord, come on I'm standing this morning that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack, I shall not one, a thousand may fall on my left hand and ten thousand on my right hand, to me it shall not come I hide myself under the pavilion of the of the almighty God, I'm Under Him I will find refuge and strength. Come on, He is my right hand. He is my lifter of my head. I don't walk around this morning. Come on, He's the lifter of my head. He upholds me. He changes me. He's the God. Hey! I encourage myself in the Lord. I have a great attitude. My dream affects my attitude. Number four. Come on. My dream affects my attitude. Affects my attitude. And the aim is that it motivates me. So what does my dream do? It sets me apart. Distinguish me. It releases potential. It encourages me. To fix my attitude. If you don't have a dream, your attitude will be very low. I see the whole I'm dealing with people. You are my, my work. You understand? You are my job. I know people. I know when you're good, when you're bad. I know when you're up, I know when you're down. Hmm? I'm good, Pastor. No. Your countenance tells me your attitude is so bad. Terrible. Fixed. Your dream affects your attitude. And then it motivates me. getting up again. I could have been knocked down many times. And stayed down and said, this is it. But my dream motivates me. Get up again, fight again, fight the good fight of faith because the motivation of the dream encourages me. I have come this morning and delivered a word to you. The word is up for you to eat or not to eat. It's yours, the bread is yours. But I want to pray for those that says, you know what, this bread is for me this morning. Give me today my daily bread. This is my bread for today. I am going to dream again. I am going to live again. I'm going to have hope again. I'm going to have encouragement again. I'm going to dream again. Come on, you need to dream about the future. Dream about the the things that are happening. Dream about the conferences. Dream about ministry. Don't let the dream die. It's still there for you. I want to pray with you and if you can stand with me. Maybe some of your dreams have died. Maybe your, 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 your relationship with your children have, are in a bad place. Maybe they are on drugs. Maybe they're away from God. And you say, but God, you've given me a dream that they will serve you. I want to tell you they will. They're coming back. Just like the prodigal son. They're all coming back. That's why when people leave this church and they come back, I'm like a Joseph. I take them and I love them. I give them back what they want. Why? Because that's the character of a dreamer. Joseph could have killed them all right there. And the Bible never, ever make mention that he sat with them and said, Remember how you sold me out? He gave them. He blessed them. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I want to pray for those of you who feel that you are alone this morning. But like, wait, where is God? Where, where is this God? He's in the dark cloud. My dreams of having a successful business is, is, is fading. No, it's not. It's just a nightmare. I'm going to wake you up now. And the dream is going to come into reality. Maybe you feel very low this morning, spiritually, in your relationships. But God is here this morning to touch your heart. If you will allow Him, it's all about you, if you want to allow Him. If you are hurt this morning, you can walk out of this building and still be hurt. Or you can say, the dream is coming back. It's coming alive again. I'm going to hope again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to get up again. I'm going to fight again. I'm going to believe God. Your choice is yours. The bread is yours. Whatever you put on the bread, it's your decision. Amen. So let us pray. Can you pray in your heavenly language? Come on, let that hurt go. Let the disappointments go. Let that failure go. Let that resentment go. Let that anger go. Let that nightmare go. Let that offense go. Come on. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. The devil is a liar. He's the accuser of the brethren. He will lie to you. That's good. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every dream killer that is killing the dreams of God's people. I rebuke you in the spiritual world. Father, I release upon this congregation right now dreams to come, dreams to come alive. Let them become the remnant in the family. Let them stand up again. Let them dream of a future. Let them have a hope for a future. Let them see what God sees about them. Let them see what God dreams about them. Oh God, open their eyes that they might see the future that you have planned for them. A hopeful future. A prosperous future. A future filled with the presence of God. I release it in this atmosphere right now. In the name of Jesus, I release a Benjamin's anointing in this house. Five times more. Five times more. Five times more than any other one in the family. Five times more than anyone in the friends groups. In Jesus' name. Come on, appropriate it. Take it. Believe it. Now, by faith, I want you to give God some praise in this house. Come on, just thank Him, thank Him, thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Hallelujah. I bless your name, Father. I worship you, Lord. Tell the person next to you, the dreamer is coming back. Hallelujah. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email All the details are on the
1: back of the product pack.